Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Tony chats with Greg and Thomas Beckers from Apollo Management about the uncertainty in the entertainment industry in 2020. They discuss how an actor finds the right agent or manager, plus tell stories about triumphs, struggles, and lessons learned throughout their journey in the biz. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Through with Apollo. We are here today with legendary acting coach, Anthony Mandel. He was rolling his eyes when I said it, but he's so humble. We love it. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for being here. I'm also just really excited to have you on. I I listened to some of your other uh, podcasts. Obviously, heard a lot about you through the industry. And uh, I mean, I think the thing that for me always stuck out immediately, you always seem to be like a real champion for actors. Like you love actors. You know what I mean? Like this is like... You see, like I can tell, it's like a gift for you to be able to do this. And uh, oh, thanks. So yeah, I really do. I really that. love actors. I mean, you know, listen, I have a lot of friends, and on, on you know, like Greg here on the other side of the business because we can't do it alone. Agents, managers, producers, whatever. But I will always go to bat for the actor first because I think you know, the actor world is such a difficult artistic navigation, right? And I think yeah. actors are sadly also the first to be like replaceable in a way, right? Because we know, like the business knows, oh, we can, especially nowadays, right? We can always get another actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So always advocating for the actor's rights, I think is really important. And, you know, especially for women and, you know, people of color and, you know, trans actors, like now everybody, right? But like also you know, letting other voices be heard. And um, so, yeah, I've always been on kind of championing the artists because I also feel like art is such an important part of being alive today. Like it always has been right. But like, I'm, I'm doing this if I can just plug my own thing, whatever, but (laughs) I've been really, I've been really passionate about climate change for a long time. Yeah. And, um, I'm not a scientist, but I'm, I did a short as a part of a, a, a longer kind of series about it that, um, so I've just been really been interested in it and sort of like, also the cultural and artistic ramifications of it. So I'm on um, sort of today, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Launching this new sort of thing on Instagram where every week I'm just going to talk about climate change in different contexts because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people just think of it as like, oh, it's getting hot, but there's so many other things that it's related to, like climate justice and immigration rights and zoonotics, which is what we're living through right now in the pandemic. And and I also think it has to do with art. It all has to do with like, who are we going to be as artists telling story in a warming world? Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I just, sorry to just launch on that, we'll talk, about, <laughs> no. we'll talk about really crazy stuff too. Just like the fun part of the business. Cause it's still all fun, but yeah. there was something I saw yesterday and or a couple days ago in Vanity Fair or Variety or something about, it's like the 30 year anniversary of Waterworld or maybe 40 years. Oh yeah. How, I just read that yeah, too. Saw yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Waterworld. I read it. I liked great. it. Yeah. A couple of years ago, and yeah. how ahead of its time it was. You know I thought I mean? it was beautiful. I love that movie. Plus, I mean, I love Kevin Costner in general. Yeah, but great. like, but that movie, I thought that was great. Probably yeah. caught a lot of flack because it had such a high budget and maybe unrealistic expectations. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and also like, right. And I think it was a commentary on where we're heading and, yeah. you know, I want to do a pot, uh, not a podcast, like a, a, a lesson on, I've been thinking a lot too about social issues and that a lot of artists, filmmakers, writers, right. They're also kind of like psychic in a weird way because they're prognosticators. Artists are kind of telling the story of what is to come, you know, and that water world is a great example yeah. of it or uh, Mad Max, or if we're looking at apocalyptic movies, you know, so and we're almost we're almost li- we're almost living in a very dystopian uh, reality right now. To be completely honest, well, they had that show was it Contagion or something like that. It kind yeah, of like right. alluded to this. So yeah. like, yeah. Before we yeah, get into it's everything, art and sciences. Yeah. Well, I just want I just want to just mention yeah. the beginning of the podcast so everyone can check it out. But I was on your podcast very recently, uh, so they can check that out as well. In the moment, uh, great topics. We had a really great chat. I think we went from everything into acting, from meditation to really everything. So hopefully, that's you know that's what we'll talk about today. Who knows where it's going to go? That's always what's nice about talking with you that we we really don't know where it's going to go. And I like that it's uh, it's not just about entertainment. Like we can hit climate change, meditation, but we'll get in some therapy maybe. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it's all related. You, you know? can psychoanalyze, Greg. Yeah. Why are you so fucked up? <laughs> and do your listeners know that you guys are like a brother tag team here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. Okay, There's a I lot of it. like ribbing and jabbing and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Okay. I love this is, this is how we are in real life too. So. Aw. I can I can feel the brotherly love. It's awesome. You guys have great energy and like. I mean, we've we've know. lived literally like it's almost like we're enmeshed almost to be honest. But like we've we've lived everywhere together. Like we've lived in eight nine different countries together, Whoa, playing tennis okay. all over the world. We played so college we, tennis together. We left home when I was fifteen and he was seventeen, so we went to Australia and it was just us two. So in a way, we kind of were just like all we had for such a long time. Um, we were in Australia, New Zealand, and we were in Romania and all this. So with tennis and life, we were just going all over the place. So yeah, we, we were incredibly close. And But again, it was just us for such a long time too. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know a bit about Greg's background, Thomas, but like, so you were born in Belgium, right? Like, do you speak French? Yeah, I speak French. Or, yeah. Or his, his, fr- his, or French, his French, his French. So normally we have Dutch and French. So Dutch, okay, Dutch. Dutch is our first language yeah. and, and okay. probably what we're most fluent in. But Tom's... Tom's French is actually pretty decent, it's like pretty, pretty good. Easy. Mine's terrible. I forgot like I a lot. Speak. I mean, yeah, Greg's French so, sucks, but yeah. um, <laughs> mine is actually pretty good. So I just had a dish for a Netflix show where Carrick was fully French, all the lines in French. So I just taped it yesterday. Um, yeah. Awesome. And so if I have the lines, I got a little prep time. It's no problem. Yeah. If somebody like from Paris who talks super fast came up to me and started like rambling or something, I'd, I probably would be lost. Yeah. But I think You'd if somebody like, from... We. Uh, oui. Yeah. <laughs> that line. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so so with the French and all that, it's it's pretty good. But yeah, we came up, you know, it was a really long fucking road to get to Los Angeles for us, honestly. Like we were like, and we did. We also came here the typical story, you know, like we drove from New York with all our belongings in one car together, not knowing anyone. I mean, it's, I feel like at this point everyone has yeah. a similar story, but that's basically our story. We were like, do you remember that yeah. show The OC years ago? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. So, like, we used to watch that when we were like 15 and 17 Australian. We're like, you know, one day we're going to move to LA together. You know, when we get there, we're going to put that song driving on the 101 California. Here we come on. And so, lo and behold, finally, we did the road trip and everything. We, we finally get, put that song we on. We got to the 101 and we put that damn song on. We kind of just looked oh at each other God. like, yep. We finally did it. That's awesome. That's like a movie moment right there. Yeah, it, it was, really like, was. 
my best friend is Serbian. He's an actor and he's, he's back in Europe right now, um, which is probably the best place to be. One of the best places to be. Oh, yeah. But when he, he grew up um, uh, watching Serbian TV and it was all American shows and he was obsessed with, um, oh shit, uh, what was, was with Ray Romano. What was that show? Everybody, Everybody loves, loves Ray. Ray. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And so he came to America. I mean, he's an American citizen now, but yeah. when he came to America and like, like, I don't know, when he was in his teens, his whole obsession was to come to Hollywood and meet Ray Romano. Like, again, like the whole sort of like... And that's how it goes. Uh, I mean, that's how it I goes know, right? because you get like, it's when the, you're, the when you're foreign... that far away, like you get so like, you build you this up in is. your head. Yeah. Like I remember because we were living in New Zealand at the time, we were really building it up. And we were living in New Zealand when we basically had just moved there, had no friends, knew no one. We're literally doing nothing besides watching the OC. So it was like, it was also like an escape. So you just start idealizing it. And when we got here, we were just like, we had this whole vision. And I remember the first or second day, we were like, not disappointed, but it was Speak like. for yourself. For me, the streets have paid the gold. Like, no, come yes. on. Even you, even you were, you were like, when you got here, you were no, like, oh, it's Hollywood different. Built Boulevard. Right. That's, so yeah. we went to Hollywood Boulevard and we were expecting, you know, no. like, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's beautiful. And, and we got there and we were like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like. It was, you know, yes, at the same time, like. For me, it did live up to expectations. My big dream was for every reason, like I just said, if I can just get to LA and just even addition on the studios, I'm going to be in the game. So I had this big idea of like, you know, the big uh, Paramount uh, sign that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're on the studio and all that. And finally, like within six months, I had an addition at Paramount and just kind of stood there in front of the big sign. I was like, well, Tom's Tom's definitely the type of guy who really takes it in. You know? I, he's I'm a romantic. Very, uh, he, that's I, a I'll, milestone moment. I know. And, like, I'll I never forget. Like, I'll never forget. There was oh, a no. time he did something like this when we this. were in Puerto Rico, I think. And it was on a cruise and I see him like, granted, I ruined this moment for him that I was, you know, still immature at that point. But he was like, we were leaving Puerto Rico and his now wife, who he had a crush on then, but they weren't together. This is 10, 11 years This is a long time ago. And, uh, and he was leaving. He was just looking all like wistfully, like just like looking like all no, romantically. The lighthouse leaving yeah, the and, 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 then, and then I could hear, he had his headphones on and I could hear Celine Dion playing on his like earphone. Oh my God. And I'm like, and I was like, what are you <laughs> listening to, dude? This will be cut out of the recording. <laughs> no, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Everybody needs a little Celine Dion. Our hearts will go on. <laughs> that's what he was know? listening to. Yes. <laughs> of course. Oh my God. Well, he yeah, I think that moment, like, so. <laughs> I think, you know, Hollywood is so iconic with those visuals, right? And, yeah. and, and yet I think the great wake up call and what this business is all about is it's yeah. super fun and it's creative. It's really fun, but it's also like work. And I think like Very sometimes hard. the, yeah. the image of the glamour of it is what is intoxicating. And then you realize like, yeah. well, that's not really real. You know what I mean? Like oh, absolutely. even the people who are super famous are still doing work you gotta work you know yeah. what i mean that's that's the biggest thing i think sometimes when far away it just like you always hear these stories like they got discovered or they got that's really not true because even these people no. that supposedly were discovered or just like all of a sudden booked a huge role you look at their imdb or you look at whatever they've been doing and all of a sudden you're like oh they've been in class they've for six years or they've time. been yes. they've been working for seven years you just never heard of them you know what i mean everyone's been putting in a lot of hard work before it usually goes anywhere it's a i've very rare story that someone goes of one audition is just like you're in you know yeah i think also nowadays like there's so many more actors i mean the good thing is is there's so many more platforms to get work yeah. but you know it also just it's just more competitive now than you know i started teaching 25 years ago i was still acting and 
like it was still super tough. And it took like when I first moved here and I was working a lot in New York. So it wasn't like I just came here with, you know, no credits, but uh, to make that transition, I remember meeting with a really famous casting director. He's still cast, but I remember, you know, he was like, yeah, it's going to take like five or six years until you book, you know, and it was around my sixth year that I like tested for a pilot and like, you know, that's kind of like a network show and, but it does take a long time. And I think when people hear that, when actors hear that, they don't understand why it takes a long time, but it's because it's, and this is the work part, right? Like you just have to keep doing your work. And the more you go into an audition and a casting director sees, Oh, they're really solid and they're doing great work. They'll keep bringing you back, but they're not necessarily going to hire you right away because they want to make sure you're responsible and you have your shit together and you're not, you know, out of control or crazy yeah, or you know exactly. what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's a or risk for cannon. them too, you know, because like if they bring you in and they're wrong or you make it, then they're just like, they're, then their judgment doesn't get trusted anymore. So it is, a, Nowadays, it's, it's on think, them too. Yeah. And yeah I, more than yeah. ever, I think. I think you hit the nail on the head about the five, six years and the amount of time. Like this is about my sixth year here now in Los Angeles. And I've had oh, yeah, maybe okay. 250 to 300 plus TV and film editions, like with legit casting and all that. And, and booked a couple here and there and all that, but like, who's also, your agent or manager? They're getting you out, correct? From Apollo, <laughs> you must have a really good manager. <laughs> wow, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Go ahead. which is hard. <laughs> and um, and you know what I've learned as well now? Like, there's also a lot. Everybody tries to bend and shape you into what they think you should be, and that was a real yeah. tough one for me because different teachers had their ideas of how I should do things, and then different. Act, you know, business career, like acting career coach had their ideas. And I know for me and maybe other people listening, it can resonate, but I feel like I had two, three years where I really kind of lost myself as an actor where like, I don't know if I was playing at something or trying to do what I thought the scene was. I lost a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I had two, three years where I really like just felt so confused. And I went to a lot of different schools uh, in Los Angeles, a lot of the ones and, and, uh, and just every, and I had a lot of training, but I don't know. I feel like in some ways I kind of lost the thing that made me me. Where I was like, right. when I first got here in the beginning, like my first edition, I had um, it was for like this series regular couple show called Matador, which had like two callback songs. My first edition in L.A. and I thought I was gonna make it right then and then. And my acting wasn't really great, but I was I, I was very like who, I knew who I was and what I was bringing mm. to it. And I didn't like I was like I didn't know this is just it, and I was just like playing pretend. You know what I mean? And uh, and then through all the training, I feel like everything got super technical, and then it was like. I mean, it got really fucking technical for a long time. And I feel like, you know, you kind of feel like you're not reacting anymore, but like you're crafting the scene almost. And, and I don't know, hopefully it's somewhat I mean, making sense. This is, of course, I mean, I wish you and I had met and I would have like set you straight. I would have worked that out, you know, like what we're known for. And I think it's so groundbreaking. I uh, Listen, I think also like, I think philosophies of acting are really changing very dramatically yeah. now. And I think a lot of older, older teachers that I've heard about or know, like, you know, what they used to think acting was or what they used to talk or teach has yeah. now changed. And I think also because of the nature of the medium, self-taping and, and yeah. TV being, you know, the platform of like consumption. But, you know, my thing is, is uh, the training part, I'm sort of the anti-acting 
teacher training teacher, right? Like, yeah. I don't think anybody should take a class. <laughs> if the class it's no. so weird, yeah. right? Because yeah. my whole business is built on, I want people to be in class, but not to change anything about them. It's just learning how to leverage more of ourselves. And so mm-hmm. the real mm-hmm. work is like, who you are, you do not have to be, first of all, we already have Ryan Gosling. We don't need you to try yeah. to be a character idea of somebody else playing yeah. Ryan Gosling or whomever. You have to be who you are. Meryl Streep is who she is. Like all the actors we love are, it's their personality. It's their essence, right? And they're bringing that to a role. Exactly. And then the circumstances and the situation and the storylines change the actor circumstantially based on, you know, maybe an accent or the period or whatever it is, but it's still essentially who each person is. And so I think the problem sometimes with acting training is that, and maybe it's all essential because maybe it's like life, right? Like we lose ourselves to go on the journey of life to discover, you know, I'm going to get really emotional about it. Like to really discover that you're enough and you can trust yourself that all you have is yourself really to rely on, not, not that, you know, you'd have a beautiful, loving brother. I'm not saying yeah. like we go it alone, but ultimately we have to, we have to decide for ourselves and choose for ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I was just teaching a class uh, yesterday online cause we're online now, obviously. And I was just saying, I've, I've lectured about this before, but it reminds me more and more. The actor has to choose him or herself. Yeah. We have to be in the business of choosing ourselves because what's the problem with the business is we give away our power thinking yeah. other people will choose us. It yeah. isn't that way. Guilty. And, I've been guilty and for your listeners, if, if, you know, if I can just say a little bit more about that, if they're not quite sure what that means is like, we think that an agent or a manager, no offense, Greg, but like a producer, a casting director, a director that they have the answers and they know what they want. Nobody knows what they want until they see it. And right. so for you to try to change yourself based on what you think they want it's a zero sum exactly. game. That's I mean, exactly. You think they want what you think I mean, they that, want. That's, 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 that's exactly it. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there with saying like, oh, agents, managers, producers, they all think that they know the, the path and what it is. But that's the reality is no one really knows how, like the exact path. You can advise and you're trying to guide it. But at the end of the day, like with casting or roles getting booked, no one knows for sure, like, they're exactly looking for this. I hate when I've heard agents say, and managers too, say to their clients, like, no, you know, you didn't get it, but they were looking for a model type or they were looking for this. And it's like, you don't fucking know that. Why are you saying yeah, that? Don't like, don't and put yeah. your own spin on it. Well, you know what I mean? You and, don't know. And here's the thing. So, and I heard some of the other podcast stuff and, and I'm going to be going to your studio you know, pretty soon as well, which just based okay. on some stuff. No, no, here. no pressure. I know where you live. I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> okay. You know where we're at Hollywood, uh, so you know. Yeah. Um, well, so I have a story about this, and I won't name the acting teacher, um, but it was a really well-known acting teacher in, in town. And I had this audition for the show um, called Counterpart at the time, which was with J.K. Okay. Simmons and everything like that. And I, and I felt, I mean, this role, I was like, this, this role was like, describe me. I was like, this I'm you. I was gonna, it's just me, I'm gonna play it as me. And yeah. I felt good about my prep, but I was like, you know what, why don't I go get an hour of private coaching just to confirm that what I'm doing is right. So she like decimated every, every choice I made and made it into this completely different thing. Now at the time, I was this, I had just going in there like, you know, at the very least I'm gonna charm the cast director in the beginning and all that kind of stuff and flirt a little bit, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I get in there and, and I charm her a little bit and we do the edition and she's like, uh, I don't know. And she could tell I looked right for it. So she gave me another shot. We did it eight times, right? 
And then by the eighth time, you know where we ended up? Exactly where I had before where I had you the coach. Were. Yes. And I, and yes. I told her, and I told her like, wow, here I had paid like a hundred bucks or 120 bucks or whatever it was at the time to get this coach. And I ended up exactly where it was. And she said to me at the time, well, you just got to trust your instinct, honey. <laughs> oh, I love that casting director. And, um, and, and, and I ended up booking it's it, but truth. I mean, I was like dead on for this part. But that's, it's, like, the, it was, the thing is like, that, that's an important point is like also trusting yourself sometimes. And we, I think we talked about this a little bit uh, when we were, I was on your podcast, even in terms of managements and reps, also like going in there like, hey, you're also choosing. You know, I think actors have this tendency to feel like, pick me, pick me. And because they feel that that's yeah. the dynamic instead of going right. in there like, hey, this is who I am. Interviewing them, that's yeah. right. And, and this is, and, and also with casting too, like this is who I am. This is the essence that I bring. This is the choice. Yeah. And either you like it or you don't. And then if you don't, so be it. At least you're still having your essence. You're not constantly listening to a million voices and then you're just going to get well, lost. Well, that's where I, I get the whole feeling you know? of lost thing. Like, I didn't know what my essence was at one point anymore. I feel like I got pulled in so many directions through branding coaches, of course. through acting coaches, of course. through teachers, through... Well, because I think there's a lot of people, you know... Again, I'm not saying there's not other great teachers out there, because there are. But, like, I think a lot of people subscribe to a formula. And yeah. if there were a formula, then all people doing that formula would be jennifer lawrence or whoever you know what i mean but that already has been it's that's a false assumption it doesn't it's there the only formula that i know of is each person has their own their own formula is themselves you know i think you know thomas i love that story because what i wanted to say about it that might blow your listeners minds that just came to me is like when an actor goes into an audition and what you learned the hard way but the good way because it came out well even if it hadn't worked out you would have maybe realized what you needed to realize right but like when the actor goes in and trusts being who they are instinctually and listen they have to be available i'm not saying this is the thing about training right like they have to be available they have to be emotionally present they have to go for shit like you know let's just put that stuff aside for a second and assume an actor is firing from that place as themselves but the amazing thing about it is no casting director really knows who any one actor is so when you go into a casting when you're just doing you they don't know that you're not not doing you they see it as the character they don't know you and even when let's say i'm a casting director and i like you and i bring you in and you don't get that role because we decided to go with somebody who is asian let's say or we went with a woman or whatever and then i bring you back for another show and again you're applying your way of doing it for that character even though I'm familiar with your work, it still is going to read differently yeah. because again, the situation is different. The Lines circumstances. Are different. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So to me, this is the big aha about it is that it's this sort of illusion delusion that we are becoming somebody that we're not to play character. It's not it. And it's so much more subtle and actually, um, there's a, a teacher, I don't, I don't know if he's still alive or still teaching, Tony Barr, I think his name was, who I remember reading about many years ago, who talked about how character is a subjective thing. And it's more of what we put on people than any actor having to create something. And it's yeah. true, right? Because it's like, to me, it follows life. Like, I have judgments about, let's say, Donald Trump or the administration or government politicians. I'm projecting onto them who I want them to be or not to be, you know, they're villainous or whatever. So I think that that's acting is a subset of life. And so the same rules and the same psychology that we apply and are 
governed by in life are also applying and acting. Yeah. So I wish people would, that's a great lesson. I love that you shared that because that's the problem, especially when we're young, but it's also maybe valuable and painful is we go through those journeys, like I said earlier, to then figure out like, okay, wait a minute, like my choices and who I am and the way I want to do it is what makes me unique. Yeah. You know? But it takes yeah. balls to, to do that. Yeah, and think, it, yeah. It, it does. And, it, and, it's, and I think that's also part of the problem that I have when, especially on the rep side, that when reps kind of not give their, like giving their feedback's okay. Oh, their feedback. if, it's, mm -hmm. if it's general, maybe if it's like, hey, I think this is good. You know what I mean? But I don't like, honestly, when reps start like, oh, why don't you play it more like this? Or why don't you play it more like this? Because at the end of the day, A, they're not casting. They're not acting coaches. They're not actors. I mean, maybe some are former actors. I don't know. But like, I know for myself, I'm not going to be giving direction on how to do the audition because that's not, it's not my craft. I'm just not, I'm just not there. It would be really dumb of me to do that. And I could lead people easily into a wrong direction. You know? Yeah, but Greg, yes, I totally agree. And I think they're, you know, most, you know, really great ages and managers leave that to other people because that's not, you know, and if you're successful yeah. doing what you do, you don't have time to be coaching actors, I don't think. That's yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of work. But I think what has come out of like, not just the pandemic, but the self-taping world that was happening before the pandemic and more so even now, is I've noticed like the relationships I've had with ages and managers for a long time. Again, they may not be... Um, actors they may not understand the inner workings of the process but because they're human beings again we all re we yeah. all respond to the same thing of what we see and so right. the, the agents and managers now are more in the in the room so to speak metaphorically because you're seeing the self-tapes more the tapes, yeah. and so you can see you may not know how to get the actor there yeah. and that's not your job but you can see like well wait why are you acting stop acting just say the lines like why are you taking 20 minutes to say hey how are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like whatever it is, you start to see like, wait, why the heck is the actor acting? Like, like, you know, I'm just going to use Thomas cause he's the actor on here. Like who Thomas might be like when he's talking to you is like really funny and sexy, calm down, dangerous and like whatever. <laughs> but then, but, but wait, but then we roll camera and then he starts to act and you can start to see that. I've been guilty That's of that. Yeah. yeah, you've definitely I, done I, that. I, oh, he's, he's, oh, he's yeah. commented yes. on that before. He's like, he's like I don't know, See? man. You just See, but, that, you that's, but that, that's as far as my feedback goes. Because but like, when, okay. when I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's enough. It's like, hey, you're, it's too acting. You know what I mean? You're acting too much. That's amazing. I think that's, that's what actors have got to get. This world, sorry, Thomas. I, I, yeah, I, I, I want you to say what you want to say, but I'm like so passionate about it because I do this self-taping class and like, I never really, uh, even though I've done a couple movies and I'm, I'm moving in that direction, it's been really exciting, but like, I've never felt like in my teaching, I needed a camera to sort of vindicate like what I see and what I'm doing with actors, but certainly being in the self-taping um, classes that I'm teaching has been really awesome because more and more, it's just really paring down seeing like, it's the essence of the actor. It's the essence of who you are. That's all it is. And again, that's hard. It's really hard to just tell the truth as ourselves. Yeah. So a lot of times we act because that's our go-to. You know what I mean? What are you going to say, Thomas? I love that you've, you've done that. Like you roll um, the camera and... You <laughs> I've seen Tom do it. Literally, it's funny. Literally, when you well, did it, it like when you did, you, the, literally the thing that you did is exactly what I've seen him do. <laughs> oh, he's very, it. he's a little quirky normally. You know what I mean? Like he has a little bit like that. And then I've seen him literally go into the... 
how you do. Hey. I'm, I'm just as I kind of dropped sexy. my voice. He didn't say. get those jobs. Yeah, he never I didn't got get those, those jobs. jobs. No. And, 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 and he got so pissed at me because I would be like, I don't know that. Like, yeah, what like I was just like, it looks Look like you're trying moment. too hard. You yes. know, and, and he just got pissed about it. I'm just, I don't know how, he's like, that's shit feedback. And I'm like, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> you know, Look, I, I'll tell everybody, I've made like every wrong decision since I've been out here. I but I'm still it. going, but I still love it and I'm still going at it. So, like, I've well, got, you changed what happened for him too. He, like, at the beginning of this year, things changed for him and where he realized a lot of this stuff, his mindset changed. A lot of as it, well. like, I, I shifted a lot. Right. A lot and then things, also, and then uh, things were, got better. He literally booked one month before the pandemic, a movie that's supposed to shoot in April. Like a three-part movie. Now it's like getting pushed back. But well, I think Greg that. mentioned you in, our, in, in, in my podcast when I was interviewing. He mentioned a client. He didn't reveal you by name. Uh, but I, he was like, yeah, and I had this guy. He's changed his mindset. And, that, you know, his talent has always been there. And then... Oh, that's another and, guy. I, I know. I know oh, okay, all right. Okay. So oh, this, 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 Thomas, forget he, about he, it. He this is like, an, act, like, it's like an actor thing, you know? <laughs> I mean, these are really important things. These are, to me, this is the real training, right? That's really what it's about, you know? Yeah, and think so, about it, it's also a lot more satisfying auditioning that way because, like, yes. how often, like, do you try to technique it and then, like, next thing you know, the audition's over and you feel like you didn't actually act. It was it's just a weird sensation. Like, you feel like it's over like that and then it you is. just, like, I, I literally don't even remember what I did sometimes, but if you're really in it, it feels like time is going slow. Oh, it my feels God, like I like you're about in that. that. Yeah, it, like, I've had auditions like that where I'm, like, man, afterwards, like, I was, like, damn. And you're also, like, not nervous at all. You're just so in it you're with the character. It. You're, like, actually a human being talking. And time goes by very slow, and it's fun. And it's, like, you don't have these, like, trying to impress anybody. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like, well, Thomas, this is, I teach a lot of, like, the scientific sort of aspect of acting without it being heady because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm always interested in, like, the social scientific aspect. And I was, I remember a while ago reading an article about Roger Federer. And he, oh, again, yeah. this is, like, this is where sport is a great analogy or being in the flow or being in the zone or, like, and when, when actors are taught to me, ultimately, it's just about listening and being present. And then yeah. when you listen and are present, then you create this feedback loop of going deeper and deeper in the moment. And yes, you're not conscious of the, the literal left brain things telling you, is this right? Is this what they're looking for? This is bullshit, whatever. I mean, that stuff is still yeah. always going to be there, but you just penetrate deeper into the moment. But he talks about how when, when tennis is at its best and when he is in the moment fully even though the ball is being served at like 150 yeah. miles per hour, whatever it is, it's so this is the bending of time in a way about the moment, I think, yeah. is it's being in real time as we're watching it, it's moving as fast as it is, but the person receiving it, he says the ball slows down in his own experience yeah. of it, right? Like the ball slows down and gets bigger in a way, I think he bigger. says something like that. So I think that that's really... Um, that to me is the art and science of technique and learning how to just get really. It's, it's almost clear. like being in flow of so like it's yeah, like that's flow. It. It's, uh, like, it's like it's like being in the zone because literally I've had that with tennis. And what, yeah. what you described. Oh, oh my god, you guys are. T I didn't even. Yeah. So I did a commercial with Roger Federer okay. a couple of years oh, ago. Okay. I was I was I was his hitting hitting guy like um, his opponent on the commercial. <laughs> Wait, are they going to do the U.S. Open? What's happening? I'm so confused. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're, they're doing back out though. So. Well, they're doing it normally beginning of September or whatever, and it's going to oh be with no spectators. No spectators. No normally. spectators. 
they're going to do it. And then normally two weeks after the U.S. Open, they're still going to do the French Open. The French so they're, Open. They're putting everything really close together. It's terrible for the players. But are players even going to go? Or like I don't think everyone's going to go to the U.S. Open. Nadal has already said that he's just like, I'm not, I don't want to go to the U.S., but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a tricky one. But, yeah. but I, I actually kind of want to uh, go ahead. The state of float thing, yeah. I just want to kind of come back to because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, like you feel it. Like, you know, it's like I said, the time standing still, like we've had that in tennis where like the ball looks like a watermelon almost like even though the guy's hitting so fast, you're yeah. just like, it's almost like a Jedi thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're yeah. just, like walking around and even like hitting the ball, like the line even looks big. Yeah. You feel like you can't miss. You feel like you just can't miss. And every now and then with that, with that, with acting and stuff like that, with the, with the really great addition, it feels the same way. Like you just like totally like in flow with the, with what's going on. Well, I mean, there is really like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn here when I say this because I'm, I suck at it. No, no, no. But I've been meditating for 20 years. Right. And like, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty religious about it and not in the, uh, when I use that word, just committed to it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, the thing about meditation and like learning about like Abraham Maslow talked about the zone, right? Like mm -hmm. is when we have these moments of, uh, I think immersion, full immersion where we again, like transcend sort of the ego part of us or the chatter, the mind chatter, which is very difficult because nowadays we're constantly being bombarded yeah. with bullshit, our phones, yeah. streaming yeah. technology, yeah, you're never present. making it. Yeah. no, but I was you know, sometimes when I meditate, like if I meditate for an hour, sometimes it will feel like every moment that ticks by is like awful. And then sometimes I'll go, I'm so in that I just started it. And then an hour goes by and it's over. Like it feels like, you yeah, know, like, like, in a seconds. like a transom. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that to me is again, the sort of not, I'm not manipulating it, but the manipulation of time beyond how we, with our, uh, sort of physical dimensionness yeah. understands it. You know what I mean? Like perception okay. with, time. With, with, That's I'd, right. love, I'd love to talk more about the meditation, especially because meditation is something I do as well. And it's something I try to recommend to everyone, but you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. Um, but you hear a lot of people, they have these misconceptions of what meditation has to be, which is already oh, meditation yeah. doesn't has to be anything. Have to be anything. That's the whole beauty of meditation. Well, um, this is but, a meditation. Yeah, exactly. Fully present tennis, tennis, like, tennis is a tennis meditation. Is a meditation. Acting Walking. is a meditation. Yeah, that's right. So, so I'd love for you to like maybe talk more also about how meditation helps acting and also what let's say for beginners that want to get into it, but they have in their head like, oh, I'm doing it wrong, or my mind needs to be blank for 20 minutes. Like, like maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I think in terms of acting, which I love the sort of, you know, it's like Zen and the art of archery, right? It's like really, I think what I, what we teach at all of our schools is getting people to be really present because then when you're really present, even if you don't know the next line. So, you know, obviously if you're on set, so if Thomas got a job, he's on set and he has the lines memorized. So it's not an issue, but we teach first with not allowing people to memorize the lines because a lot of times the memorization makes us not listen and just recall what we have to say next. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so what we start to work is this different kind of meditative present moment, moment muscle when people are really available and listening. If you're really listening, what you want to say is going to come to you mm -hmm. because writers, really good writers, which is most of the things that people get to go out for nowadays, I think. Right. 
like it's golden age of TV. Like they write in the way that human beings speak. Yeah. So actors don't have to overthink. What would I say if somebody says, how are you? You probably say, I'm doing good. And you're going to look down yeah. and the line is like, I'm doing good, but you have to be listening in order to allow the response to come. And I find that over the years of training, like actors memorized or not memorized, they've been taught to say the lines prep beforehand, say it with some idea of intent or motivation try to like declare it the way that they think a word should be emphasized. But see, all those things are sort of like the control and not of the surrender of the moment. I just had this mm -hmm. happen in class the other day, whereas the woman kept emphasizing a certain word. And I was like, Susan, like in real life, if you and I were having a conversation like right now, I'm not emphasizing how I say things. How I say things is a natural extension out of what you're giving me and I receive and then give back, right? And so that's what acting wants to become when it's seamless and we don't feel like you're quote-unquote acting. And so yeah. I think the ramifications are, you know, the, the sort of connection to meditation is when you start to have a practice where you're much more present to your own life, mm -hmm. it's going to start to trickle into other areas. And that doesn't mean, it's like what you said, Greg, like I think people sometimes get intimidated by the right way right. or just because they're distracted that they're doing it wrong. Like yeah. I think people think meditation means no thought and it doesn't. Meditation means I'm just going to sit with myself and have my thoughts, but then yeah. eventually learn how to observe my thoughts because they come yeah, and yeah. go just like the waves. Right. And so I think the beautiful thing about all these things that we're talking about that I find so moving is that I, all human beings are engineered. We all have these toolkits we all have these techniques and these um it's just the actual essence of who we are as human beings it's just sad that we're living in this time where i think and again coming back to climate or a pandemic or you see how we're so removed from who we really are that yeah. that's what creates the sort of the fucked upness of things yeah, you know and, I mean? and I think I think that's part of that's what creates so much anxiety during this time. That's right. Because all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, who am I when I'm not doing? Yeah, you know we talked I mean? about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially amongst actors, because many I think identify themselves with like how their career success is going, how many guest stars do I have, where am I in the hierarchy, right? Yeah, that's a yeah. big, big one. And I, again, I mean, I'm saying it because I've been guilty of all of this myself. And it's still something that kind of goes into my head, like, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not at this place yet. Or like, you know, and you start to compare and. I think, you know, the thing, it's true. But like, I think, you know, Thomas, like if, if, if you, if I never knew you and I would just to meet you on the street or we're just talking at a cafe or something, you told me you were an actor. I would just, and I think I'm like a lot of people in the business. I just think it's so cool for artists to meet artists yeah. and that people aren't, I wouldn't, I, I'm not. I wouldn't want to know like, oh, you were on so-and-so. I don't care about that. I love yeah. that actors and artists have an artistic soul. They see the world artistically. And the thing about the, that your listeners might be gained from this is that casting directors, yes, okay, they're going to look at your resume or whatever. But again, when you're in the audition room, they're just looking at what you're doing right. Again, the moment. They're looking at what you're doing in the moment. Yeah. And they're not... They're not comparing you to this idea of where you think you should be or you haven't booked for two years or you used to be great on that show or you've never had a credit. They're just looking at, oh, right now, this person is making me feel things. Yeah. So that is, uh, you know, but we, 
you know, we live in a culture, sadly, that, oh God, success is so determined in America about, yeah, who we are, our, you know, how we define ourselves, our labels. And look, it can all be taken away in a nanosecond. So it's all bullshit. It's yeah. all window dressing bullshit. I'm not, you, you wouldn't be my friends because you're, I mean, listen, I know some people operate that way. Like, right. They're interested in people because of what they can get from other people. Well, that's, but, that's the dangerous thing in LA sometimes because don't, yeah, LA but, has a tendency to have people like that, which is, and the industry yeah, does but too. Greg, yeah. but, but, but there's, there's, we can't, nobody can control that. All the actor can do yeah. in the room is go in and do the work because even if you are famous or you're with the most perfect agent or manager, or you have a name or whatever, Yes, sometimes people get a free pass because of who they are or what, what the work they've already put in. But, you know, I think, again, the listeners forget famous people have to go through the same hoops that you're all jumping through. It's just at a different level. At a different level, you know? yeah. Oh, my God. And nowadays, because I think the business has democratized itself a little bit because of, you know, there's so many platforms available. But like, so, you know, Thomas, you're going to get on a series and the series is going to run for maybe two, two or three years max. And then what? You're going to be unemployed and then you're going to have to go audition again. And maybe your show was like a really popular show, but you're still going to be then at, you're going to be at the bottom of a new level. Yeah. And I think people forget like, it's really the joy of the work and creating and hopefully getting paid to do what we do. Yeah, but to, yeah, you can't chase, you can't get attached on the, to the result, basically. Yeah, to chase the phantom like yeah. Hollywood thing is like it's not real. I actually well, think like you know, like a lot of Lady Gaga says, fame is weird, and you know, like a lot of people talk about like you know, fame is just why would anybody want that? Why would the older I get, like I just want to like just do my work? I don't care. Yeah, if I, look, I, I think that's very. I, I I've talked to to my girlfriend about this actually, but like it's. I think fame and all that, especially in LA, is so put on the pedestal, and it's such an unhealthy thing. And and, it, and it's like it's something that can be very poisonous to your psyche. I think you know and because it's it's a very unnatural thing. Well, I think you know we we've heard many cautionary tales of young people who get caught up in that or behave yeah. badly or. Yeah. And I think the good thing is is like nowadays. Again, because there's so many actors, I don't think people have to tolerate it. Yeah, you don't. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't. So if you're an asshole, you're going to get fired. Bye. Yeah. I think that's mostly. great. That, that, that's yeah. honestly kind of nice. Mostly. I have noticed, mostly. Mostly. Not all the time. All the time. Not all the time. You know? Mr. Christian Bale. <laughs> I want you off yeah, the fucking set, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. I think to it, like, but it is happening more now than it was before. Obviously, like, at the highest level, is probably still shit going on. But at least it's happening more and more that you do hear stories like fired, fired because you did this, fired because you never heard heard that like ten, even ten years ago. I feel like ten years ago, yeah. everything was just given a pass. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's also just much more widespread awareness about what's going on on sets and everything. That's, that's true. Media. That's yeah, right. Like the littlest. You of can't be you're like, shocked, I'm shocked at when you read sometimes on, on articles about yeah. what's going on on set. Whereas before social media, you know. Probably all behind closed doors. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of negatives, in my opinion, about the social media as well. Obviously, but there's also positives. Like, and this is one of those positives that came out of social media. That's great. It's actually changing the industry. It's changing how work is done because now everything can be filmed. Everything can be put out there. Like, you can't just behave badly and be like, "Oh, no one's going to notice." You know? Yeah, somebody might have a secret. I camera. would think a lot more like yeah. a lot less misuse of power. Yes, as opposed to use. So that's that's definitely. A positive thing that I think yeah, it's, it's so, still a work in progress, you know, you know. Yes, it is a work in progress. I mean, that's the thing, though, right? Like, mm, uh, 
absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It just depends. I, I, you know, I have a, a, this isn't maybe, this is tangentially related. Like I have a, a friend who directs, uh, she's a director and she has a, she was a guest director of a number of episodes of a TV show that I, I really liked and, and they're in their new season. And the acting was so freaking amazing the first season, right? And I watched a couple episodes of the second season and she and I were DMing the other day and I was like, oh, like what has happened? <laughs> and one of the lead actors is like, what was so interesting and great about him the first season was he just was there and raw and available and and now he's like kind of affecting this voice and like like acting right yeah and we were and i brought it up and she immediately acknowledged it and as a director for hire you know a lot of directors that go into a set like i have a lot of actors who are leads on set that have their own you know, once a, a show is running, it has its own machinery, right? And the director yeah. is just going in to facilitate the storytelling and like, yeah. doesn't really get to work with the actors that much. And, yeah. and in this case, kind of a big show, the person you could get fired. But I think that's my thing is like, sometimes I find it interesting that like, I'm not on that set, so I shouldn't even be speaking of it, you know, but like, because there are so many different factors that contribute to, not the best place to work. And, and so it's still happening. You know what I mean? Or when an actor has so much power that, that, you know, to be able to give an actor a note, you can't really do. And it's kind of weird. It's very strange. It's, it's yeah. still it's, egoness, you know, I, in I guess business. It's, for TV, it really is. Like you said, the directors are guest directors usually for a couple episodes. So I guess it's really whoever number one on the call sheet that's going to kind of... Run the show, it's so to speak. Show. That's another it's thing that, that you do notice that, like, there's still this thing of like, if you're number one and two in a call sheet, you get treated like this. But if you're number thirty, you get treated like this. That's like that's still a little bit fucked up. You know what I mean? Yes, I've heard stories about the actors who are number one in the call sheet. They don't show up to set, or like they're five hours late. You know, and disrespectful yeah. to other people. And again, you know, the thing is, is when a show is making so much money they'll tolerate again, even yeah. though we're talking about becoming more transparent and hopefully things will change and they will, and they are, but still it's interesting. Hollywood sometimes I find to be so hypocritical because when it comes to like making money, they don't care as long as oh, they're yeah. making money. You know what I mean? Yeah, Unless they're they called could, out on it. And yeah. then when they're called out on it, then they're going to have to address it. But, yeah. And, then, and then, then it's just them reacting. It's not really because they think it's the morally right thing to do. It's more like, Oh no, we got caught. They see it now. If we don't act on it, we look like this. And it becomes more about how they're perceived instead of what they actually would do and how they mm -hmm. actually feel about it. So it's just, it's, I've always find it funny when that happens. It's because it is so hypocritical. You like always see like something comes out I think it was a couple like even a year ago something came out about some director i don't remember the name or whatever but it was some social media stuff that had, he had posted like 10 years ago 15 years ago so they obviously knew about this already but all of a sudden it was coming out in like the press and stuff and oh look what he said 15 years ago and then all of a sudden they reacted and fired him for some reason for that which you know oh, I, yeah. I disagree with anyway but it's like okay but you knew about this already and then you didn't care but now that everyone cares now you care well, we forget it's like entertainment business. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a business. And I think actors forget that. Right. But, and I don't want actors to be like, you know, depressed about what I was just saying, because there's so many amazing sets and amazing creative people. And yeah. I think we're seeing some incredible new content by again, like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, I may destroy you, uh, Michaela Coel's show on HBO. And I don't know if you watch it. She, I'm she did uh, chewing gum. 
uh, she is a black actress in, in the UK, originally from Ghana. And it's just a very original, beautiful, funny, uh, intense show. And like, I think that there are so many more voices now that, you know, maybe five years ago, even let's change in the last five years, yeah. but we're seeing and hearing different stories that I think are really compelling. And, and that's how the business keeps changing. Right. It's like, we can't keep seeing the same story over and over again, told by yeah. the same people. I don't, I'm just not interested in it. You yeah. Know? I, I think, I think that's changing. Um, really to, ch- to change directions a little bit, because I also got a couple of questions from some of my actors that oh, okay. they, wa- they wanted me to ask as well. Okay, cool. Um, so it's a, it's a range of questions, a couple. Um, one was, um, what's the difference between your teaching technique and Meisner, for example. Yeah, I get asked that a lot, right? Because mm-hmm. Meisner taught a lot about being in the moment. But yeah. I think, and I was trained Meisner at some point in my journey. Um, I, I guess my thing is this, listen, all techniques are valuable to get you to where you're going, right? But it's kind of like, again, what Thomas and I were saying. At some point, though, you have to let, I always say know it and then throw it. Like if you yeah. learn anything, then you have to trust that you're on autopilot and you know how to do what you want to do. And I think sometimes... Again, after 25 years, I still refuse to call what I do like the Anthony Mindel technique or the AMAW technique because, again, it reduces it to something that is a fixed thing. And and life is in flux. It's flowing. It's up and down. It's pandemic. It's like terror. It's You know what I mean? So why would I teach? I don't teach there's any one way. I'm working off of how to get more of each person available to the moment and themselves. Right. And so I think Meisner and all good teachers are trying to do that. But sometimes I think the the vehicle gets in the way of the release. So they have their foot on the brake while on the gas pedal at the same time, and they can't do both. And so they're showing, I think like, I don't do repetition exercises to know, to, to try to get me in the moment. Right. I don't need to do that. I'm either aware that I'm in the moment or not. And so again, I think if all these skills help get someone there, is great. I just find sometimes like people still have a hard time letting go. The biggest, one of the biggest things I've discovered in teaching acting for so long is people do not, actors do not want to let go of control. And that is also, look at, that is analogous to life. The pandemic is showing us how we cannot abide with letting go of the fact that we have no control. And for some people, yeah, it's fun and it's a ride. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? That's but the hardest is, thing. This is the greatest, one of the greatest wake-up calls that people are becoming present to it. Like, oh shit, why am I holding on to things that I can't govern? Why can't I surrender more? Why can't I enjoy the moments for what they are? Why can't I live more here than planning my life for the future? You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think, Greg, that's where, that's where the work for me Actors are scared. I get it. As human beings, it's scary to let go, to trust and to release control because then something greater is going to move through you that you don't necessarily have control over, which means vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. I just say one other thing because this is what I've discovered my work is about a lot. Brene Brown, who I've, I've been following Brene Brown. Oh, I love Brene. I, love Brene. I read all her yeah. books. Yeah. Yeah. books yeah. So, yeah. So like even in my first book, which was published like, I don't know, 2012. So even way back then, I I referenced Brene Brown, right? And she's now become so mainstream. But she says that the power of vulnerability is, which is also bravery, 
means to live in emotional exposure and uncertainty without knowing the outcome. I'll say it again for your listeners. Being vulnerable, which coincidentally is also being brave, is literally described as living in uncertainty, emotional exposure, without knowing the outcome. That is acting. When the actor is willing to let go of their bullshit ideas and instead live the moment, that is then when you becomes like, Thomas, what you're saying, you're in the zone. See, you just had a light bulb about it. Oh, I yeah. It. I would just you, like to... Um, when you're in the moment, that's when you're in the zone. You, something is moving through you. You become a channel. You all of a sudden start to feel things that you never could have thought. Wait, I didn't know this line could make me start crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I think the line is supposed to be said like that. And then all of a sudden you're overcome with feeling because the moment is taking you down a different path. That spontaneous way of teaching is what actors, all actors on film sets talk about is like sort of the golden place that they're trying to get to. Yeah. I just believe it can be taught that it doesn't have to be a sort of um, uh, an anomaly to yeah. make it happen, you know? Yeah, I would love to expand on that because, um, you know, I did a two-year marriage technique program. I was thinking about it back then. And a lot of it's about, you know, learning emotional prep and all this kind of stuff and repetition to be present and similar concepts. But I remember back then, and maybe this is not necessarily teach so probably my own, but like I kept thinking like, okay, well, I got an activity I'm doing. I got to get emotional. Uh-huh, like yeah. almost like that became the objective slash goal. And that, and then if I did it, then I got my goal, but it kind of goes against with the spontaneity of like not judging what will come up. Right. And, and when I think about like what you're saying and acting techniques, it's almost like they're trying to structure and box something that's so beyond our comprehension, being a human being. Right. And they're trying to make sense. of It's like trying to make sense of the universe or something. You know what I mean? Trying like, to, I love this. They're trying to make us be the very thing we are, which is human beings. Yeah, You're exactly. already a human being. You don't need to be taught how to be a human being. I actually yeah. think you need to be untaught all the ways that have kept you from being a human being. Yeah, Whoa, yeah. mic drop. Exactly. That's so good. I need to like, I need to write that down or you'll have to send that to me, Greg. That, that, I need that's, to, I need that's, to, it's so I funny need though hearing that. this. It's so funny hearing this because it, it's, it's, I feel it's even for non-actors, this is so important because a lot of this, what you're saying, like I haven't been in acting class or anything like that. You can but, relate. And, yeah, yeah but, I, but I can relate because all things you're saying are basically what therapy tries to do. It, it, try, it tries That's to true. basically no, un, unteach very... you all the shit that you have from your past and That's just right. actually be just who you are, which sounds simple in theory. And I know there's like Instagram, like things that they post, just be who you are. But let, that's not as easy as that. You can't snap your fingers and just do it. You know, you have to like sometimes have guidance to get there. That's practice, right? Uh, I mean, Thomas, I wanted to address too, like what you said. I mean, I love talking about acting, obviously, so we can talk forever. But like when you were saying how, um, oh, shit, 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 what were you saying? Um, um, um. Oh, about feeling, right? Like a lot of yeah. times acting training is, is teaching the actor how to prep for feeling. Now, listen, yeah. of course, actors, the, 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 uh, the way we tell story is you have to have feeling, a current of feeling around and through and on the text. Otherwise, we would just, I'd rather read the book. You know, I want to yeah. watch a human being express yeah. that. But, but the thing that, again, I think when we realize that we're all feeling human beings and maybe the training is just getting us more in touch with it, you'll start to see like, oh shit, yeah, my own prep work is, is almost like, it's this, again, false assumption that you are not already prepped enough as a human being emotionally. Bingo, bingo, yes. Yeah. And yeah. so then when, as you start to progress in your work, 
you start to trust that I don't have to put any feeling on this. I already have feeling going on. So you work less hard. Or as Greg would say, when he sees a tape, he's like, why are you acting? The only reason why people act is because they're acting fucking feeling. That's it. They have an idea that it should be this. And they act that as opposed to, well, if I trusted that, if I'm just listening and the listening in this situation is going to create feeling because I'm a feeling being, it's going to be real. And I would, again, I'd love to expand on what you're saying because I think about some auditions that I've had that, ha- that were written as you got to cry at this part. And then you sit there in the audition room, like getting yes. yourself in a point that you're about to cry already, but nothing in the lines <laughs> to start with had any indication that yes. you're going to cry. So oh you got God. like a page of two of normal dialogue where you're trying to hold this almost crying sensation no, I know. and it becomes, and so you can release it at that particular moment instead of like, because <sighs> like, if you say like the scene is like, Hey, can you go get something out of the cupboard? Like, I wouldn't be like weepy. Yeah, weepy I, about it. I, would, I would just go get something out of the cupboard. And, and then maybe the two or three pages later, the person gets a call, someone's mother died. And all of a sudden that can have to you right there. Instead of like in the beginning of the scene, trying to, I don't know if manipulate it is the right word or it what is. You're, what well, you're but Thomas, listen, I love this because I think at one level, I'm always telling actors, you have to get rid of all punctuation. You have to get rid of punctuation and stage directions. You have to understand what's going on in the scene. But again, like I was in the cell tape class yesterday and this girl was so great. But then when she got to this one paragraph, she started to emphasize and do things like that were totally, and you could see it. She was real, 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 real. And now she's acting. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? What's happening, Esther? And then I read the script and I saw like she's acting what the stage directions are telling her to do. But again, a casting director isn't like really the micro sort of, microscopic way of looking at actor they're not picking they just are looking at the essence the intention the overall uh je ne sais quoi of the actor they're not minutely picking apart oh he didn't cry there if they want to cry there they'd be like okay thomas can you do it again and maybe you're more emotionally raw by the time you get to that thing and then i don't know you'll have to try one and see how you get there you know what i mean i think it's I had another point about it that made me so excited when you were saying that about uh, emotional prep and, oh, shoot. You were talking about, like, in the script when it says, oh, I can't remember now. But it was a really, I think, a really, like, mind-bending thing. That's why I got excited about it. So what would you say to actors? Because there's, there's prominent schools in Los Angeles that are all about the punctuation and, and, the, and it's a writer's medium. And the writer wrote it there like that for a purpose. So he wants to see the actor do it that way. And, like... Um, mm-hmm. And I've been to some of those schools and they're very technical and, and they're all about deciphering the page and, and it's, a, it's the writer's words you're trying to say. It's the writer's words, the writer's medium, and then bring yourself kind of to that. Like, what would you say about that? I would basically say at some level that's not true because nobody except for the writer understands the intention of how it's going to be manifested, right? Now, one can say if it's a certain formulaic TV show, and there are are many, you know, like some things, some like uh, procedural shows are very expository. So you've got to like list the facts of like, where was the, 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 the perpetrator and, you know, like, like a police show. So like, but watching those shows, you start to pick up on that and you get it. Or maybe if there's a comedy, maybe, I don't know. Like, again, I think the thing is, is to me, sometimes I question a lot of the formulaicness of things because how can you teach somebody to be funny when they're not in life? I, so yes, you can deliver, teach them how to deliver 
a formula for delivering a joke, but that still doesn't mean that they get the comedy. See what I'm saying? To me, the argument would be like, I have friends who are super funny and then I have friends who are not as funny. I still love those friends. They just don't make me laugh as much as the other friends. You know what I mean? And so I think I'm a writer. And when I, and I, again, I would have to ask other writers this, but I, I, I know a lot of writers and I don't think any writer is writing in the way that acting classes often say that they are. I don't write mm. super objectives. I don't write objectives in my scene. I don't yeah. Now, maybe somebody else does. I can't speak for other writers. I'm just trying to write the truth. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do. And then I'll write dialogue and I'll be like, oh, that doesn't sound really like how I would say it. So how would you say it? But yeah. I'm not even, and, and everything is moving story forward. So some things are kind of already, that's the natural, I think, part of the storytelling DNA in us that understands how stories are told. It's the most ancient thing ever being done. We are here right now because of the greatest stories ever told. So yeah. I don't, I think somebody has found a way of like finding a, a checklist and maybe for some people that's really useful. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. If you need to find an objective in the scene, but again, I don't think you can play it because either yeah. a scene is well-written with characters moving in the direction of what they're talking about or not. The actor can't play that. As soon as you play that, you're screwed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking back on a bunch of acting class I've been in. Of course, I'm re- re- rehashing in my head and thinking like how technical, how heady some things can get you. And, and like there's like four, four, four sections of things. This part, this part is this. And this thing to happen, this. And it gets like so, so... Heady. Well, Thomas, right now, I mean, again, I just use, always use life. I just think yeah. acting is life. And so it must follow the rules of life. Right now we're having a conversation and we're passionate about it. I'm not right now thinking my objective is to get Thomas yeah. to come take my class. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It's just coming out of, we listen and we talk. We listen and we talk. That's all yeah. acting is, is listening and talking. Yeah. We have, we like most things in life, we way overthink everything. Yeah. And, it's like and common sense. I just, I, a couple months ago, I read a book by Harold Guskin. Do you know Harold? Oh, yeah, I love him. No acting, please. Yeah. And that was, I think that may, may have been the book that started shifting my, 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 my world around a little bit because, um, you know, I was doing some of the exercise and I was like, I mean, how fucking complicated was I making it? I was making it seem, I was, and I put a I, like with tennis and professional tennis, my work ethic is very strong. So I'm like, it's gotta be so fucking hard. You know what I mean? I just gotta. But you know, again, I, I play tennis, not like you guys, but, but here's the thing. I, but I did take tennis classes when I was younger and okay. I had a really good backhand. I always overhit my forehand, right? Until recently I learned I had to change my grip and then I, I got it better. But yeah. the truth is this. So we learn certain skills technically that will assist us in our yeah. whatever it is, our work, our play, our performance, our tennis playing. But at some level, when you're playing, if you and Greg yeah, were playing, it, yeah. you're no longer thinking. Once Bingo. you're thinking about that thing, you're no longer in the game. That yeah. is the problem with acting. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, with using, you know, like a, having, again, these checklists of like making sure, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. I just think it's more it's more easily and identifiable the more you do it and you start to get, okay, I get it. And I actually think the most famous actors talk about acting more in terms of like, fuck, it's really hard to like find myself in this or to let myself go or to have my feelings. You know, they're talking more in terms of like how to get real. They're not talking people on set. When you've been on set, you're not, 
going up to the director and are you like, what is my motivation in this scene? No. Or what, how do I shut the door? Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a student who's on a show, but this was some indie movie she did, but I, I just love her so much. And she was telling me, she was doing this movie one time and she and the guy who was playing her husband were supposed to get out of the car. And so on action, she just, she would leave, but the guy would always stay in the cars. I'm so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then finally the director is like, dude, what is the problem? You just need to leave the car. And he's like, well, I just, I need to know what is my character's motivation? Uh. And he's like, just open the car door, get (laughs) out and shut the car door because you need to get out. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Again, I think we're like, we as human beings don't over articulate our, our, our motives we yeah. do things in life all the time that run contrary to what we want. Yeah, it's like if you had to go turn the light on, I wouldn't be like, why am I going to go turn that light on? You just What's feel, your motivation? You know, See, it's yeah. a little dark and I'm going to turn the light on, but I'm not thinking yeah. like, ah, oh, it's dark. Now I got to go turn the light on. And at what point am a, I going to get up to do it? It's like, like on set, the, the biggest note that I've received in, in different sets was just throw it away more. Throw it away more. It's like, I, I, and it's See. funny, my actor friends say the same thing. The number one note that everybody seems to get is, yeah, throw it away more, a little more casual. Because that's how you talk in life. That's how yeah. we talk in life. Yeah. That's what Greg is saying when he's watching your tape and he's like, dude, you got to stop acting. It's the same note. Can I just yes. tell you, this is the story I wanted to tell, just an anecdotal story because you were talking about emotions and feelings. And I think it's really funny. I'm, I've been, we've been in casting for this movie of mine that we were supposed to film in June. We're almost right. in August. Obviously, I, I haven't filmed it yet. But we were in casting and we were filming in the UK. It's still knock on wood happening because uh, we're still making offers. But for, for some of the other roles or smaller roles, uh, we were, I've just been, we were, they were doing submissions, right? And this agent contacted me who I know and uh, was like, I have a client in, I don't know, somewhere like, oh, I think it was, she was in Germany. And she's like, can, can she put down her tape? And I was like, absolutely. So she put down her tape and I was like, she's like, we love her so much. Tell me what you think. This is an amazing tape. And so in the scene, it just starts out with like you and I talking about yeah. life. And then as the scene progresses, it gets really intense. It's two uh, like teenage girls yeah. talking about a relationship, about a guy, right? And it gets quite intense and emotional. But it was fascinating because the self-tape, the actor started off, there were like tears, like what you were saying. Like there the manipulating, yeah. Her, uh, yes, and I was like, well, wait a minute. If we were on set and I call why would somebody be crying about something yeah. that hasn't happened yet? That would yeah. make them cry. So yeah. I told her that I was like, no, no, no. I was like, you need to get this actor in a class where she understands you cannot play the ending at the top. You've got yeah. to work moment to moment. You've yeah. got to see where you can go emotionally. Maybe you won't even be crying. Maybe it would be something even more incredible. A writer just writes, and I just write an idea of what I think where obviously an actor, this is good, where I think obviously an actor may go in that kind of a heated argument. But I don't know that your actor's job, listen, actors, your job is to go in and show me something so much better than what the writer intended. And then a writer will be like, oh shit, this is really good. I mean, you you hear, you hear about that because it's funny when you were saying that I was just thinking about this, this article I was reading um, about friends so one of the most successful sitcoms ever, you know, an amazing chemistry. And they had written, I guess, originally the writers had written it that Joey ended up with Monica. 
So, yeah. which now when you see the character, you're just like, how would that have worked? Yeah. So what happened was when they saw the natural chemistry between the, the, the actors and what they brought to the character, they, they rewrote how the characters were, they rewrote relationships, they rewrote plot lines because they saw what was naturally happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the actor's job is just to go in and, you know, this, this is my three minutes to show you how I want to do it and then do it. Yeah, it might be quote unquote wrong, but you got to do it. I feel like it's such a nice thing to to hear for actors, though, because it takes all. In my eyes, it takes all a lot of pressure off. It's just like just do it your way and leave. Why it do that. you think it gets so overcomplicated? I you want you want my real opinion about it? As I think, I'm going to be politically correct. I think. Listen, I was trained all these ways beforehand, and so I think they're all essential and necessary. So sometimes I'll have people who will come to me and be like, "Oh, I wish I met you four years ago." And I was like, "No, you would not mm-hmm. have been able to get what I'm saying." So, like Thomas, we're meeting at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, Harold Guskin's book changed your life because it it changed the way you're like, "Wait a minute, why am I?" But you had to go through the, the things that make you realize, yeah. yes, you know. And again. There are as many ways as there are people on the planet. So I'm not, you know, I just, I think the end result is we just want to try to get as honest as we can. But my thing is, is I think like, I think people are invested. It's kind of like what's going on politically. It, it kind of actually, if I really think about it, it makes me so sad. Like I'll burst out into tears where people no longer are even, they don't even know what they're arguing about, right? They're just arguing about their side, because right. their side is Republican or their side is Democrat. Yeah. And, and even though it, it, it just, I just sometimes, I cannot get my head around, it's lost any kind of well-meaning or common sense or understanding or compassion or empathy. And so I think sometimes, or maybe, so, so that's why I think sometimes people are invested in saying it is a certain way because to look at it in any other way might be too scary to examine like, Oh, well that's not maybe it anymore. And that leads me to the other thing is like, we're in trouble in society when we don't, you know, look at the black lives matter movement. I mean, this is 400 years of systemic racism and something that has come to the head that has had to right? And we would be in even greater trouble. I mean, we are, we have to look at these things because things evolve and ascend and transform and must be dealt with. Otherwise, <laughs> it is culture in peril. And so I sound very dramatic when I'm just talking about like acting ideas. But if you think about it, if we're looking at something that was taught from the 1940s, at that time, it was groundbreaking and original and exciting and probably took actors to a new yeah. place of freedom. Yeah. But the, the, the language, the nomenclature, the, the understanding of things must keep evolving. It's not stasis. And so I get concerned and I'm very protective about actors of, you know, making sure they're with a teacher, whoever that is, who is really addressing what it is to be an artist today yeah. And the demands of being an actor today. So like you said, when you're on set and p- people are like, just throw it away, just throw it away. Acting yeah. isn't how it used to be 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think this is a really cool conversation. It makes people really like, hopefully unravel a lot of the yeah. things. It's like life. And, and I have to, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have to unravel all the things that I've been taught since I was a little kid that have, you know, from religion to like what I think... It, life and mortality is about and that is i think what each of us is tasked to do 
And maybe yeah. as an artist, even more so because there were reflections of it, you know? I think you hit something really good here, how you said acting is different 50 years ago. And, and there's a lot of teachers that have older techniques that they still teach and all that. And they think, well, this is the pure form and all that. But the truth is, acting and art in general is more a reflection of what's going on in society right now. Right now. That's right now. So right. people talked differently 15 years ago. Also, yeah. like, you know, I it would probably make more sense why you're trying to push emotion 50 years ago when people maybe weren't naturally as emotional as they are now. So maybe that would, maybe, you know, and, 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 they're finally getting into a point. sense of whoops only got my mic off here and they're finally um becoming i think there's a lot more consciousness coming into play in the last 50 years point. and Absolutely. so all of that which would make sense as to why you don't play things like you would 50 years ago that's right um and you know it, it's interesting my boyfriend is younger and yesterday we he's quite a bit younger than me i won't tell you how young but he's <laughs> awesome he's not an actor but he's really into music and art and he's yeah. uh works for this uh marketing uh, company but he was saying how yesterday he was really frustrated because the people he's working with are much older they're like my age but they look at things like what he's trying to share with them about how young people create in the moment so let's just say tiktok but but whatever the modality of creating today would be likened to what somebody you know 40 years ago would call the radio let's say mm -hmm. right yeah but people older people don't uh they're too not all older people but his point was is like people aren't seeing like what you just said that it is the creative expression is um, it, it, it's about the time we're living in right now, right? Yeah. That's where technology and innovation and expression comes from. And yeah. so it's not about having to look back and those were better times. No, those were just times that fit how we created then. Yeah. So I think this yeah. is like, I hope your listeners are going to be like cracked out by this because I'm so yeah. inspired. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I actually think I may need to have a copy of it and I'll be like, this is Greg and my part two podcast. Honestly, <laughs> honestly do it. Put it, put it as part it's so two. Good, it's guys. really good. And yeah. what I also enjoyed you saying was you need to go through this whole journey of these other technical stuff. In the it kind of reminds me of that. You know, the, you know the alchemist is like, yeah, yeah. Starts, he starts at a village or, or his hometown. He does this humongous journey across the world only to end up exactly where he started. But he had to do all that to like, I guess, to find appreciate, the, to, appreciate well, to find the gold yeah. where, wherever he was. And, and in some That's ways, right. even looking at my own journey, I feel like in some ways I came back to where I was six, seven years ago. But with all this other stuff behind me now to refine stuff. I guess, that's right. yeah, or at least along that a path deeper, now. Yeah, along that that's path right. Now. A deeper, more assured person at some deeper level. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean you don't have concerns or anxieties or doubt yourself, but there is that. And it, I think it's the beautiful journey that we're all on. You know what I mean? And I also think like, I think it's an ascending journey and we're constantly doing these circles. We're oscillating upwards throughout life. You know what I mean? We go through phases of it yeah. where... You know, I've had many moments where I really feel like, oh, okay, I'm back home. And then I'm like, okay, and oh, now yeah, I'm starting to go out on the journey again. You know, it is actually like like what a lot of great, it's, it's the Odyssey, it's the Iliad, it's yeah. the hero's journey. It's a lot of what great literature is about of walking. Everybody has to walk their own journey. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, I mean, my thing is, is like... I, Actors, I think, can. I also think this is why a lot of people nowadays are also casting people who've never trained before because there's something so honest. Well, his girlfriend never took them. a class. Yeah. yeah, his girlfriend never so, took a class, and she's like series regular on shows and stuff like that. See and, what I uh, mean? Like, yeah. didn't take. Not, she doesn't not, need to. Not even like one, like one month of a class, like zero classes. She doesn't need to. 
Yeah. I think that this is, you know, again, I think, again, any, anything that works for the actor works. I'm not taking anything away from any methodology. And like I said, all things, all things are also necessary. Like we were saying about where you are in your journey and you can't get that aha until you're at a different phase. You know what I mean? It's like dating, dating a bad person, whatever, you know, dating somebody that you don't realize is not right for you until you get dumped. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're like, oh, after two years of crying, I can only speak for myself in my 20s. You know what I mean? And then everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, well, holy hell, I deserve so much better. But I yeah. have to go through that to get that aha. Yeah, yeah that's But I true. just advocate yeah. that your listeners, you got to get the aha because we don't got that much time, kids. Yeah. You got to get that aha. So, so expanding on the aha, like, because I've known actors here that have been out in LA 10, 15 years. And when I see them additional act, they're very acty still they're very like dramatic forces and they've been like at it for a long time like at what point do you say to like like come on what like where do you get the the naturalness of beingness in there again because i'm telling you they have extensive like training backgrounds and theater degrees at famous universities and stuff like that but it's very are they working here's the thing are they working on legit stuff because i think you're there probably uh-huh. My best friend and I joke about this a lot because sometimes I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I don't know. At one level, like, mazel tov, good for them. Like, if that's how they think they think they're, like, amazing and they're being yeah. really honest and that works for them, then that's kind of a level of reality and acting that works for them maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think the thing is, is, again, where acting has become more democratized is if you just watch Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, whatever, you just see, oh, okay, you see it's they're listening and talking in the boat. Now they're listening and talking in the car. Now they're walking and talking. Now they're, they're yeah. at the kitchen table listening and talking. And you see it's all grounded in, I wouldn't even call it realism. It's just who those people are in those yeah. scenarios. Yeah. And so you see that people who act, the, the medium doesn't support it. So I, mm. I don't know. Maybe people have an idea of like, I don't know. I think... I think it is. I think just people have an idea how it should be or they compare it to like Brad Pitt or something like that. I mean, I've had notes from people who are like, play it like Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? And I'm nothing like... (laughs) What does that even mean? And I'm also nothing like Brad Pitt. I mean, he's definitely a lot uglier than me, so... (laughs) (laughs) But what does that even mean, play it like Brad Pitt? So do they mean like, okay... Thomas, you need to get more in your sexual thing or like you don't give a fuck or like that would be a note that I could understand. But that's not just that's just not in the house of Brad Pitt. That's the in the house of each human being's foundation. We all have a part that's like that. See what I'm saying? My deeper response to that is people who want to act, meaning put on the quote unquote acting chops, is they're too scared to really explore and be vulnerable with who they are. So it's easy to put on, I'm working on another book right now about masks and it's about many things about how acting is like dating. And it's like, but, but masks is the sort of a metaphor for how we're taught in life to put shit on us, to get through it, to survive, to pretend that we're someone else. But what happens when that mask comes off, you know, the other shoe drops and you see, you know, the writing's on the wall. You see who a person really is. But I think people are really scared to be who they are. Yeah. Also because, I think so. we, you know, we've been rejected. We've been punished. We've been told it's not enough. You've been, you know, worse. Things have, bad things have happened to people. And so we create armature. And I think the real work is, I get it, it's hard. It's so, it's, it, I, I love this conversation. And, and, and it's so, it's so 
similar to things that people in in just life and therapy, do. Therapy and life yeah. and yeah, relationships. It, it, because even know. the words you're using are so similar to things that I've read in psychology books, basically. So it, 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 it's so funny to me how, how much overlap it is because both of them are like basically trying to get back to that childlike naturalness that you, and really that's, that's right. what it is because if you it's look at, at a kid actors, that's like three, yeah. four years yeah. old, if you look at three, four year old kid, they're not thinking about all this. They're just like, I'm not trying to be cool or be this or be fun or be like, they're just like, just being here. Yeah. I'm just being who I want to be. That's it. I always say, just be a kid again and you'll have it. Yeah. What's I your stance on like, um, cause I think I, I, I listened to one of your podcasts that you like went to India and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I've been to India three times. I mean, so, just like with my own spiritual metaphysical journey, you know. Could what you mean? talk a little I, about the India? I've done ayahuasca. Oh, oh, you did wow. that? I thought about that. <laughs> oh well, we can. That's a whole other podcast. Maybe. Uh, I have. I'm a new book coming out, and I have a whole chapter. I'm just proofing it right now, but I have a chapter here that's all about ayahuasca because I've been wow. asked so many times. I've had so many um, people tell me how life changing that was for them. Yeah. It is a very interesting, um, I also have a chapter called dating psychos. Like, yeah, it's a really, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, but I think, um, you know, it's just all been, but it's the same thing. Even ayahuasca for me was this come to Jesus moment where I realized it was an amazing journey, an amazing trip. But like what you said, what you've discovered is I came back to myself and that all the answers I have mm. inside me. And it's really scary to trust that and listen to that voice and follow it. And it doesn't mean everything's going to work out tomorrow or that you won't still fail. That's not the part. That's the thing about the, the hero's journey is uh, it's heroic because we go on it. Mm. Each of us on this planet is on a hero's journey my goal in life is to help make people a little bit more mindful of it, but it's heroic because you have to face your demons and face your fears and tell the truth and work through your stuff. And, and at some point, yes, like you come back to yourself and you realize like all those things that you experienced were also essential as a part of your journey. You know what I mean? So that's what acting I think is. I think acting is like this amazing, like, calling into discovering who we really are, you know? So I'm really moved by our conversation because I think you totally get it. Like I can feel it. So, well, and, both of you and Greg, you're like a manager, but like, and, <laughs> but and I think you get we're it. Lots you of therapy. I mean? So, you know, yeah, but I think <laughs> you get it. And know? thinking, thinking about acting and, and part of the reason was like, I found my why. And it was actually to create moments that move people like that. So they can find out who they are. Cause when I first, so about 10, 11 years ago, somebody asked me why I want to act. And I said, well, have you ever been in like a movie and you just so into the story and it just hits you and then you get out of the movie and you just keep thinking about it, thinking about it because yeah. something changed in you. And, um, and then I, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of figured it out again. I, ironically, when I watched that movie, A Star is Born, <laughs> like a, oh, two, yeah. a year and a half, two years ago, I was in like a part of the lowest place in my life at the time. Like I didn't know if I wanted to act anymore. I hated everything I was doing in my life. Like I was at a really, wow. really low point and I just watched it. Uh-huh. People say what they want about the movie. It touched me deeply. I don't know why. I loved it. And it, it just it just all of a sudden was like, this is why I'm doing this. And then I brought, so I've never watched a, a movie in the cinema twice, but I brought my brother the second time, just him and I to watch it. I said, you got to watch this movie. Oh, I'm going to watch it a second time with you. And we never really go to the cinema like that, but like <laughs> we did it for this one. And he had the same kind of reaction. Rose. Rose, Rose. And for whatever reason, it was so moving. And then I think I, 
had this idea like why are there actors in the world like why is it an important thing but it, it kind of like helps people in our society today self-reflect on what it is to be human that's right feel emotions again because when, when it's a society not necessarily always acceptable to be emotional that's right and yeah. it creates a platform a safe platform for people to kind of do that and it kind of just reattached me as to why i did it in the first place it was to create that experience for other people to watch it and well, uh, we and are it, the original storytellers actors yeah. are you know what i mean and we were mirroring back and continue to mirror back what it is to be human which is also why again it's so important that I can't just watch a straight, no offense, straight white dude's experience. Like, you know what I mean? I'm interested in a trans experience, even though I'm not trans. I'm interested in, you know, a black woman's experience or somebody's experience in Belgium or Spain. I'm interested in the human experience. And again, I think that that's being more reflected now and we have a long way to go. But I also think the reason why actors really like to act, whether they're conscious of it or not, is... Because when we're in our work, when you're in the zone, like you were talking about earlier, and you're just like, we wish we could do that more often in our real life, to be that available, that free, and that expressive, and non-edited. And that's the work, is they want to meet both, yeah. to live our life in that kind of play. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. Beautiful. I think Beautiful. we probably like your listeners are probably asleep by now. Maybe we should. No, this oh, this this was a, this was. A I mean, great, I could talk to you guys forever. Yeah, like, we could talk Jesus. for hours. But that's that's a, that's a great one. I feel like that's that's a great. Point we're like a to, Joe Rogan. We're like a Joe Rogan podcast where they just smoke pot and then like like you go off for three. Well, now, hours. now now Joe Rogan is is doing shrooms and doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. oh, so okay. that's the next level. That'll be our that'll be podcast. We'll do that three. number three. <laughs> this is the high episode. <laughs> Awesome. Um, Man, we really appreciate you coming on. Wow, this was you guys amazing. Are great. This, yeah, this is yeah. so great. great. Um, so how do I, like, do I just go on your website? Well, Thomas, I'm here to help. Yeah, in any way yeah. I can. I'm, I actually, I'm also going to, I want to get you my book. I'm going to, like, I'll I would love to email Greg and I'll, I'll drop yeah, and, off. And tell, tell everyone kind of where to go, you know, like, where, where oh, yeah, should they okay. go to check out? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I mean, if you want to, like, so we're online, you know, like, so we have schools in 10 cities all over the world. So like, you can go to our website, www.anthonymindle.com. I'm also on Instagram at Anthony Mindle. But um, if you go to our website, we're in Vancouver and Toronto and Atlanta and Sydney and London and New York and oh shit, where else? Um, I'm, I'm Chicago and Copenhagen and South Africa. So you can find, if you're in one of those cities where your listeners are, you can find a class there. Some schools have reopened in person, like Sydney and Toronto and Vancouver, but other schools are also online. And so you can go to the website and it will have online classes and other info. And I teach a self-taping class every Thursday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it's kicks butt, I have to say. It is an amazing class of what we learn about all these things that we're talking about. Yeah. So we'll check it out. You can always sit in if you want. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll, sure. we'll also link you up in the bottom, put all the links okay, in cool. there and then they can That's check cool. it out and they can reach out to you. Uh, but yes, it was great having you on. You guys, you're uh, an awesome team. Yeah. Yes. I, I appreciate having you <laughs> on. Help, of course. Yeah. It was so awesome yeah, talking to you guys. The time flew by. Check out our worldwide classes on anthonymindle.com slash events. <laughs>